Hello and welcome to 353rd, a podcast discussing the impact of the internet on business. Today is Friday, September 27th, 2013. I am your host, Anders Brownworth. And I am your remote host, Scott Barstow. That's correct, remote. So Scott is very remote at this point, almost literally on the other side of the world. Uh, why don't you tell, tell us where you are? Where is your hideout? I am I am camped out in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I've been here since uh, since Pat since this past I uh, got here this past Tuesday, and uh, so we've been here. Uh, well, I've been gone from from the U.S. for almost a week now, and but been in country since uh, since late Tuesday night. And, that, uh, that accounts for the sketchy internet and the uh, rather scratchy quality of the audio. Uh, we apologize. Right. It makes it sound like I'm I'm broadcasting from the front or something like that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, you are on the front line. So, uh, w- what are you doing in Jakarta? Well, I've had the I had the uh, you've, uh, pretty unique opportunity to come over here with a uh, with a venture capital firm. They are they are on the ground. They've got a couple of their. This is a venture capital firm from Durham, where I live. And uh, and they're over here on the ground and trying to find. Uh, they're investigating the Indonesian market and trying to find investment opportunities over here. It's been it's been a really interesting trip, as you as you know, Indonesia is in uh, in most reports in the top five emerging markets in the world. Right. So and Indonesia has approximately the same population as the United States and. Has uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of I forget the number. It's like five or six thousand islands that make up the country. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's very geographically dispersed and extremely hard to to get from one end of Indonesia to the other. And so the population here is very concentrated in big cities and, and that sort of thing. It's a very very interesting place. It's my first trip to to this part of the world at all. I've never been to Southeast Asia. Ah, yeah. And uh, and so and I well I guess I've never been to Asia at all. And so it's it's been it's been unique on a number of fronts for me. <laughs> I imagine so. What so so this is a, a VC firm that's looking at opportunities in the area. What kind of opportunities? I mean, I. I I, I might just hazard a guess that that it's fairly rare to have a VC uh, uh, investment in this area at this point. Am I wrong? Well, actually, yeah. So there's a uh, in terms of just general interest in Indonesia, there, there's a number of the big firms starting to move in here. So 500 Startups has a has a presence here. Their fund, I believe that. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz is looking into it. So there's some really, really big venture funds from the states that are looking into into this area. And there's a most of them base their operations out of Singapore, which is about a two hour flight from Jakarta. Hmm. And uh, but Singapore, obviously, a much more Western, uh, the laws and that sort of thing, uh, much more, I guess, business friendly. So most of the investment firms that are interested in Indonesia will have a base of operations in Singapore, and then you know they'll come over here to to do you know to check businesses out and to to find the opportunities. What's unique about the firm that uh, that I'm over here with is that they're actually their base of operations is in Indonesia. Ah, 
Right. So, uh, so what kind of opportunities are, are, you know, are, are these firms investing in? I mean, are we talking tech startups here or is it more general? Obviously it's a, uh, a hub of, of hardware coming out of Asia in general. So, uh, are there, are there other ideas in the area that are starting to get funding or is it mostly hardware? It's pretty interesting. So, uh, Indonesia has, uh, in terms of number of users has the second most, uh, users on Facebook on the planet. Really? So it's a, wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's a heavy, the, the numbers are off the charts. I forget what the actual number is, but the, the penetration in terms of percentage of population is, I want to say it's like 60 or 70% of the population is on Facebook. It's, wow. an, it's an enormous number. So the, there are tech startups happening here. Jakarta is, uh, has got a pretty interesting tech scene. They have a lot of the same things going on that would happen in a market in the U.S. So they've got you know, Ruby's meetups, they've got, uh, there's a pretty vibrant tech community. I was actually at a company today who, uh, they are working on, uh, they've got the, they've got the rights to do, uh, for all of Indonesia to broadcast the World Cup via mobile in 2014. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, so they're working. They're working on that. So you've got, you find these companies building, you know, iOS apps, uh, Android obviously is, Right now, it's much more popular because of the price point and mm-hmm. uh, of, of a typical Android device. You see Apple devices around, but typically it would be—it's not in the general population at all, like it is in the, like it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so you've got a, there's a wide array of of startups, but the the I think there there definitely are tech startups, but a lot of what's happening here is is really just consumer stuff in general, not necessarily consumer internet. Right. And uh, because you have these, you have uh, a lot of people who uh, over the past five years are just moving into the middle class. Mm-hmm. And so they've, they've got disposable income for probably the first time in their lives. And uh, they're not just, you know, working to pay all of their bills. They've actually got some money to, to do some things with. So uh, what's interesting, though, is that there's very little e-commerce. Really? Here. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's a... And part of it is infrastructure because Internet's very expensive here. So if you want to get Internet service to your home, it, it can be as much or more as it is in the, in the U.S. And that's a big number for most people here mm. uh, in terms of a monthly budget. And so most people's Internet is oftentimes just their mobile device. Okay. So and, there and what about cafes and things like that? So you there's the hotspots are I've been I've been spending a lot of time just out and about in Indonesia has this or Jakarta in particular has this really interesting mall cult, mall culture where it's extremely hot here. It's hmm. Indonesia's basically on the equator. And so uh, every day we've been here, it's been mid-90s, extremely humid, and the temperature drops maybe 10 degrees at night. So there's not a lot. People don't do a lot outside. And so what people will do is they'll go to these just absolutely massive malls. Hmm. And that's where everybody hangs out. And it's and when I say massive, it's probably 
two to three, most of these malls are two to three times the largest mall you would ever go into in, in the U.S. Right, Just the King of Crusher Mall in uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. I mean, it's the mall, <clears throat> the mall of America would fit inside, uh, would easily fit inside any mall here, and probably two of them would fit inside any mall. Wow. So uh, inside it, here. So, so what, what you have is a lot of the stores or the, you know, you've got uh, kind of, uh, you've got Starbucks here and you've got coffee shops that will have Wi-Fi, um, but it's but it's definitely not as ubiquitous yet as it is as it is where we live. All right, so people are are driving Facebook on their mobile phone, and that's how they're uh, that's how they're doing it, huh? Yeah, yeah, and, and so with e-commerce, what what we've been what we've been told by people who live here is that there's still a sort of a fundamental lack of trust with the system. Mm-hmm. So people don't, aren't comfortable yet buying something online from somebody they don't know and and being confident that the product will show up at their door. Got it. That's not, that's very interesting because that's not something you, you know, unless it's ultra sketchy, uh, you know, you never think for a second that Amazon is going to, you know, disappear with your money. That's right. In, in the yeah, U.S. So yeah, it's really just uh, there's a – so there's a – an education thing there probably. And then there's also uh, things that we take for granted in terms of just ease of payment. Most people here don't have credit cards. Right. And so you have just those kind of things that we don't really think about that are not, that just don't exist here. So it's been really interesting just to see um, how things work. And so a typical mobile commerce or a, sorry, an e-commerce transaction might look something like, I buy the product through the website. I go to the bank and I go to the ATM and transfer money to your business. And then I take a picture of the receipt that I sent you money and mm. I send that to you. And that's how you know that I'm actually, that I've actually sent you the money. And then what somebody will do is uh, a lot of what, what a lot of companies will do is that they'll put put the product on the back of a scooter and uh, run the product to your house. Right. So there's, there's, there's not the safety that you might uh, get from a chargeback system with credit cards. That's uh, right. So I think a lot of it is, so what people will buy now are things like virtual goods people will buy online. But if I want to buy a shirt and I'm not sure if the shirt will fit or you know, all those things that, and I'm not sure how I'll get it back to you. I just won't buy that. Mm, right. Right. Hey, uh, so I'm just curious, any mention of Bitcoin in this, uh, uh economy where, you know, in your travel so far? It hasn't, hasn't come up at all. Not once. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so how, how, uh, how much longer are you there? And, uh, when will you, when will we see you back stateside? I've got another week, so I land back in the U.S. Uh, early Friday afternoon next week. Right. And uh, so I've still got, I've really only got, we're here through Wednesday and then we leave Thursday, Thursday night, Jakarta time, which is Thursday morning over there. And uh, and then we try, you know, you fly for basically a day and a half. Yeah, and, forever. Yeah, yeah so, so it's... it's did you did you get there uh, going around sort of the, the 
backwards or forwards around the the Earth in terms of rotation? Did you go through uh, uh, L.A. or? You know, no, kinda... we actually we went through uh, Dubai on our oh, way. Oh, really? Over. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it was, and it, so we took uh, we took uh, Emirates out of New York, right? And uh, flew to Dubai, which was actually a great flight. I got to fly first time on the uh, Airbus three hundred and eighty. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, which is just a massive. It, it's plane. immense, absolutely. Yeah, so that was really cool. It's a it's a beautiful plane, and uh, and there's uh, just scads of room. It seats 500 people, I believe. Mm. Nice. And uh, and it was it's really just a premium aircraft. When we were taking off from JFK, it feels like you're going about two miles an hour down the runway. Yeah, and. Uh, and you feel like it's got to be like what taking off in a you know like a C one thirty feels like. You're yeah. just rumbling down the runway. You have you don't get the sense of speed at all that you get in you know when you're flying in a seven thirty seven or something like that. Right. It feels right. like you're just doing absolutely you're going absolutely zero, and then the plane just lifts and takes forever to kind of clear you know, clear the airfield. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a bit unnerving, quite honestly. <laughs> I bet. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So uh, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get to, to fly the same aircraft on the way back. It's, it's immense. I, I flew one. Um, where was I? I was in Germany or something flying somewhere and I, I took one and it would, they were just essentially moving it from one airfield to another. So it was a short hop flight, just a couple of countries. And, it, so the plane was essentially empty. Um, there may have uh-huh. been 20 people there. So you oh, get up. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You get up, and you almost couldn't walk to the end of the thing and back by the time we had to get, you know, land again. Uh, it was such a waste. I can't imagine how much money they lost on that flight. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, That's right. So I think, I think uh, you know, it's probably pretty late there. Uh, this is probably all the time we've got uh, for Scott in his safe house in uh, in Jakarta. Um, that's right. Now, one of the things one of the, I do want to talk about one last thing, though, and that sure. is the uh, what's been really just absolutely mind-boggling is the uh, the I guess the lack of infrastructure here is mm-hmm. absolutely remarkable. So you know, you've got the kind of geography problem that we talked about earlier, where just getting products from one part of Jakarta to another is usually it's either a boat ride or something like that. Mm. Um, but so that you've got all of that to overcome, but just the, in Jakarta in particular, the, the traffic is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's, (laughs) yeah. it's, uh, so so a guy told me, he said the population of Jakarta is 10 million and, uh, and it's 14 million during the workday. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Manhattan Island. Yeah, so four million people commuting in, and there is absolutely zero mass transit. Right, and so you, everybody's on a scooter or in a car, yeah. and the roads are not even close to sufficient to be able to handle that load. I don't know what I don't think you could build a set of roads that handles that much traffic, <laughs> and and so just the what's been really I guess eye opening is the waste of human capital that goes on here every single day just by people sitting in traffic. As an example, yesterday I I was I was leaving the building that we were 
that we had a meeting at uh, where we had a meeting and was headed back to the hotel. I could see the hotel from when I from the front of the building when I, where I left. Yeah, and it's probably a on a on a on a normal day or a normal with a normal cab ride. It's a five to ten minute cab ride tops. Yeah, so the, the, I got in the I got in the cab. Guy takes off and doesn't know where he's going and misses the turn. <laughs> uh, where to get to the to get to the hotel and a five minute cab ride turned into an hour and forty five minutes. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. And so, and it was just because there's no, once he went past it, you uh, you have to go down and basically make a U turn and come back up the same way that you just came, and you have to you've got to wind through all these side streets to make a to make the U-turn, and those are all single lane, no traffic lights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, cars driving the wrong way. On the, you know, so you have cars coming the other way in your lane. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And it's you know, it's absolute bedlam on the roads most of the <laughs> yeah. time. So, and so what, what struck me about all since we've been here is that I don't know, I don't know how you solve that problem and it seems like a problem that has to be solved in order for the country to kind of keep on this track of, of uh, coming out of you know coming out of was essentially a poverty stricken uh, yeah history sure so I, well I would argue the seeds of it are there uh, you see a lot of people taking little motor scooters and bicycles and, you know, essentially the trend being smaller. So I've been, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was in uh, the Philippines for, for a while and that's not far from where you are. Uh, same kind of idea, uh, you know, just heavily, heavily congre- congested streets. Same with Strauss. Last year I was in China, the same deal, people going the wrong way down the road. I even just sat there taking uh, pictures of it, uh, movies of it, because it was so striking to me, I guess, as a Westerner. I think, uh, yeah. though, I really now, I, I had this revelation. I'm sitting there in the car. I've got the little uh, video cam, my little you know, camera I've stuck on the dash because it's just too entertaining. And I, and there was this guy, you know, doing 90 up a one way or not 90, but, you know, he's, he's going the wrong way. And, and we're all driving toward this intersection where there are no lights and we're, we're all trying to figure it out. The way that it works there, they are all just, they, they drive brilliantly. Nobody drives yes. more than maybe 15 miles an hour through the intersection and everybody is coming at everybody. Just kind of, yeah, that's right. And it's just this dance that everybody knows. It's amazing. It's yeah. incredible. And I, I, I don't know how. What's been really interesting is that it seems like every time I'm on the road, I, we should be in tw- – if you were in the U.S., you would have been in 25 reps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah. I've never been in one. Nobody's ever run into us. We haven't run into anybody. Yeah. But everybody understands it. But yeah. it is it is craziness, it, and it's a totally different. So I learned to drive. I learned to drive in New York, and and there is a a visible difference in the way that I drive when I'm outside of Manhattan, outside of New York City, and when I am in Manhattan. When I'm in Manhattan, I am a well, I guess I'm always kind of a terror at the wheel. But I'm very I, I become much more aggressive, and that is essentially the antithesis of the way I see people drive in Asia. The really like I cannot drive like that. It is it yeah. is it is a dance. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and they just kind of nudge their way each way, and you know, if some if they're getting if they get close to somebody, somebody honks at them, right? You know, and, and they they honk to let somebody know that they're on they're they're right beside them, right? And uh, and one of the interesting things that somebody told me today is about what they're trying to do to get cars out of the city is that they've they've increased uh, parking in the city by something like three or four hundred percent over the last year. Really. Wow. Yeah, so he, the guy was telling me it used he used to pay. You know, these things are in, things that you cannot understand. You would pay, you would pay thirty to fifty dollars a month to park your car in Jakarta. Yeah, and and you know if I just think about a city like New York, that's a day's worth of parking in New York. I were several and, hours. I was in Man, uh, Manhattan just two days ago, and we parked a car, and it was I think we got out of there for forty bucks for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what he said is that uh, they've he's now paying I think he said 150 or 200 dollars a month, and he said it's amazing just what that one thing has done to take hmm. cars off the streets. And yeah. the other cool thing that I saw today was the first time I'd seen it is that you have these. So in some of the main arteries of Jakarta are carpool only. Really? And like yeah. All, all lanes are carpool only. Uh-huh. So you have, to have at least three people in your car. And so what the, what people will do is you've got these uh, people who will stand along the side of the road <laughs> and and put their put their hands up and people come by and pick them up just yeah. so that they have enough people in the car to ride in the carpool. Now are they is that the only, do they actually need to go somewhere or are they charging them to be the third passenger? They so they will yeah they make a small fee for riding in the car right and it's negotiated when the car stops and the guy was telling me that. You uh, oftentimes the same driver will come by and pick up the same person every day. Yeah, and and that person might use that ride to get to work, uh, or it's just a way for them to make a little money during the day. So you have these these little economies and people figuring out how to get around the system. Yeah, uh, that again you would just never see, but you have the 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 scale of humanity is obviously. Well, which uh, is vast, and you have people who you know make a dollar or two a day. Yeah, and and so this that might be the only money they make that day is riding in the carpool lane. So, what about uh, what would you think a a like a bike rental or a moped rental or something like that that's launched citywide, very much like city bike in New York and the Hubway in in Boston, these kinds of things. Do you think that would work, or is that it's it's too hot. I, I, the temperature would definitely be a problem for uh, for us Westerners. Yeah. But what about you know? I don't know. And, and the other thing that would I would think would be an obstacle to air quality here is absolutely horrific. Much like it would be in Beijing. Yeah. Uh, but most people when they're at, when they're riding a scooter or something like that, they've got a mask over their face. Right. Uh, because the air for the smog is just absolutely unbelievable. Well, I don't know about the mask because I've spoken to some people about that and they are saying the mask is done as a politeness move if you have a cold so as not to sneeze on other people. It's not necessarily to filter out the, the bad air. Well, I, it's, there's too many people riding scooters with masks. For you uh, to think that's the case, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, like, it's probably at least half the people on scooters. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Have a, have some sort of thing over their mouth, and it's got to be because of air quality. Yeah. 
So, so I, you're, think that would be, I think that would be a problem, but yeah. but I and the other thing is is that I don't I I haven't seen a lot of people on bikes like you would see in China. It's much more scooters. Okay, yeah, that that certainly was the case in uh, the Philippines. Uh, not necessarily yeah. the case in in China, though. I would I would say it was much more evenly split. Uh, I was right. in Beijing and in sort of the outskirts of Beijing. Um, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So they've Very got interesting. some. They've got some real problems to solve if the if they're mm-hmm. going to keep up with you know keep the growth going. They, I you know they need the equivalent of you know massive, just absolutely massive uh, transportation projects like the Big Dig or New York Subway, like that scale. Yeah, is what they're going to have to have in Jakarta, I would think, in order to be able to move people efficiently. Right. Because what I think what's happening is when you've got that bad of traffic, now you can't move products. You right. Can't yeah, move, it's uh, sure. You can't move the rest of what needs to be moved because, right. uh, you know, a truck can't get anywhere. Yeah, so uh, a couple of quick stats. So uh, Boston was the first city to have a subway, but New York went from a city with no subway to the city with the largest subway in the world in four years. Do you think they could do the same? Do you think, are they taking any moves in that direction in Jakarta? Have you heard of a subway project or something like that? Uh, there's no evidence at all, and there's nobody. I've talked, I've asked the question a number of times. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't know if they don't have, if the government doesn't have the money for it, or it's hard to say, but there's no evidence that that sort of thing is happening yet. Right. But I do believe. I, it's it's got to they've got to have and maybe an L would be easier than a subway. Yeah, you know, put an elevated train be instead cheaper. of subway. That probably yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch and see if they can keep it up over the next five to ten years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, compelling stuff. Compelling stuff. I can't wait to get the uh, full debrief when you uh, when you touch back down stateside, and I'm sure. Our next show will will uh, will go into it as well. Um, want to thank all our listeners for for listening to this very unusual show, um, and we will be back in two weeks. <laughs>